Rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Yo, what the? Rest in peace. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Dime, presented by the Ball is Life Podcast Network. The Knicks have made it to the second round. They will be playing the Miami Heat in a 90s, a retro 90s matchup, which I'm really excited about. The Lakers and Grizzlies are still going on. The Kings and Warriors are still going on. The Celtics have advanced to play the 76ers. And the Suns travel to Denver to play the Nuggets. All that we will be talking about in this episode. If you want to follow Dime, you can on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the Dime NBA. I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. That is Quab at Quab, a.k.a. Yes. Shout out Jerry Springer. You lived a very fruitful and um, interesting life. Interesting. Interesting life. Interesting. Interesting, interesting for interesting, sure. I mean, he, interesting show. he made a life out of uh, exploiting people um, and finding outrageous things and basically platforming it, which is basically my NBA Twitter segment. Did you just? I can't believe. Yes. Yes, you really tweeted that out. NBA Twitter, you are undefeated. What a transition. What a transition, people. Yes, let's hit the talk show of all apps, which is NBA Twitter. I, I, I just made that up. Let's let's hit up NBA Twitter. Let's get our Jerry Springer on. I take three tweets that I saw on my timeline that Quab saw on his timeline. And Quab and I, we're going to discuss them, debate them, all that good stuff. I don't know what we'll do, but we're definitely going to talk about them for sure. Quab, are you ready to do the damn thing? Let's do it. All right. First tweet comes from at Howard underscore WBZ. And he says the Lakers have to win game six at home or they will lose the series. I kind of agree with Howard here. You know, I had the Grizzlies in six. So, of course, I kind of have to agree with Howard. Now, Ja went down in game one. I'm not sure if that game ends the same way it ends in game one. If Ja was around, they could have won game four. This series, it is 3-2. So it's as close as a series can be after five games. But I think it's actually a lot closer to being 3-2 in Memphis's favor than people actually realize. I think a lot of people are high on on the Lakers so much so to the point where they're not really willing to acknowledge the fact that, hey, the Grizzlies could just as easily be up 3-2 and the Lakers aren't dominating the series in the way that a lot of people think they are. What do you think, Bob? I could see going both ways. Like, mm-hmm. I could see the Lakers losing the next game but still winning in Game 7. Then winning Game 7 in Memphis? Yeah, winning Game Seven in Memphis because okay. Memphis has Dylan Brooks. So that's, <laughs> I'm not. How am I surprised? Time, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Uh, <laughs> hit you with the hezzy across. Hezzy with the crossover yeah, every time. The Dylan Brooks hezzy crossover. Nah. Uh, <laughs> watching the Lakers, they were they couldn't stop Ja. Even even Ja would play basically playing with one hand, but it was yeah. how well Desmond Bain played in terms of his shooting he's been the best player on the court for the gas past like game and a half i think yes. you can say because yeah. even in, in los angeles they lost that game but i think you can you can argue that he's been the best player on the floor for maybe a game and a half yeah so i think it comes down to can they can the lakers slow desmond bain down okay. and also can darvin ham figure out his rotations some of the rotations he has are so confusing i don't get it i know there's lakers twitter has been going crazy about it like in terms of like how many minutes he plays Rui even though Rui yeah. has been having a good series 
So I, but I can see, I can see them losing the next game and still winning the seven. I just, I, like I said, I just have a bigger belief in the Lakers than I do in Memphis. But regarding the tweet, yeah, if the Lakers don't, if the Lakers don't win the next game, it becomes more pressure on them. I still want to have faith in uh, LeBron over Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I guess. For me, I'm a little worried in the sense where the Lakers have played well. I mean, in game one, it was more Rui and Austin Reeves that kind of took him over the top, and LeBron kind of chilled. LeBron had a really good game four, well, a very effective game four. He's not shooting the ball well at all. And what worries me about the Lakers is if LeBron's not really shooting the ball well, AD has like these hit-or-miss offensive games. He's been great defensively for the most part. But if he's having like a, an off game offensively, LeBron's not hitting his J. I'm not really comfortable with the Lakers relying on Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell. I mean, D'Angelo Russell had a horrible game four, except for like a minute and a half stretch where he hit three straight threes. And to me, that's the the D'Angelo Russell experience. I've always said that I didn't like the trade for D'Angelo Russell because I feel like he's going to have a, a lapse or there's going to be just some type of boneheaded play or decision or group of decisions that will cost the Lakers not only just a game, but a series. It might not cost them this series against Memphis, but as they go along and play better teams, I have a feeling it's gonna it, it's it's gonna be that way. You know, their half court offense to me needs a lot of work. You know, the Grizzlies are a good defensive team. I do think the Lakers might be a little better at this point, but if they can steal game six in Los Angeles, you go back home, you're one of the best home teams in the league, and you have the momentum. I, I it, it's very hard for me to pick against the Grizzlies in that situation. Now I can see the Lakers losing uh, winning that winning that game for sure. I mean, you got LeBron James, you have AD, you know, you have the talent to do so. But the way this Laker team is built, their personality is also like very complacent. And you know, this actually might go to your point. They play their best when they are challenged or the backs against the wall. When they when they have a lead, let up a little bit. So maybe that's what they need. Maybe they do need a game seven. But it, I wouldn't pass the Lakers to lose a game six. But yeah, I don't know. There's just there's there's a lot of shortcomings with this Laker team. And I think if the Grizzlies had their ish together in the sense where like Ja wasn't hurt, the whole Dylan Brooks situation wasn't going on. Maybe they had like a Steven Adams in there. I, I really do think the series would be ending in six in the Grizzlies' favor, but that's that's not the case. I can agree with that. If if they were healthy and there was yeah. less less distractions surrounding that team, I feel like it, if it was just mostly mostly just basketball, I could I would probably I'd probably favor the Grizzlies over the Lakers. But again, and I've said this to multiple people in a in a series where both teams have legit superstars on each side like stars big stars on each side dylan brooks was a topic of conversation Mm. for which is which is crazy games yeah the first four games and he's not he's not on in on the grizzly starting lineup he's not on in the hierarchy he's probably number four or five or whatever it is so all jokes aside i'm not gonna make any more dylan brooks jokes but yeah i just when i look at when i look at both teams i I tend to just have more confidence on Lakers. Everybody that was on the two to- 2019 Nets team has let me down this playoffs. <laughs> well, Karras played well. Karras had a good – I know they lost to the Knicks, but Karras LeVert had – he had a really good game uh, two. Game. Um, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we when we get on the Knicks. We'll talk about that when we get on the Knicks. He had a good third quarter in game three. But, okay, Jared Allen, that's who you should be disappointed in. Everybody that was on the 2019 Nets team has let me down. Jared Allen <laughs> let me down. I mean, no, screw that. Everybody that was a former Net probably in the playoffs has let me down. Brooke Lopez, you let me down. Spencer Dimwitty, you're, he got back on the Nets, let me down. Uh, D'Lo, playing hella inconsistent, let me down. I think 
with the Lakers. So go back to the Lakers. Oh, we keep talking about how uh, multiple people have said that LeBron has had a bad game, like, and he has he hasn't shot well, and his his age is showing. And I'm like, yeah, he's old. He's old as heck. Like, uh, and he's having to put up like a lot of usage minutes. They got to figure out how to just play better defensively because you're you're better when you're just in transition, running up and down the floor, getting easy buckets, and they're playing fast. Apart from that, they like you said. You said you they struggle in the half court, which is also surprises me because you have AD, you have Le, like you have LeBron. Right. There should be there should be like an easier way out, but I think a lot of it has to do with coaching, your schemes. It has to do with also and your uh, your rotations. Like I, some of the rotations yeah. I don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't get it with Darvin Ham, but we'll see as this progresses. Yeah, I mean. I think the Lakers have actually been playing good defense, especially rim protection, man. There, there are times where it, it seems like you can't, if you're in the paint, you can't get you're a not bucket. scoring. Yeah. yeah, like you can't, like AD has been incredible as a shot blocker. Even LeBron has been there. Uh, just in general, just as a, as a team protecting the rim, the Lakers have done a phenomenal job. But Memphis has made a point to actually run more, which which is what you just said on the flip side with the Lakers. But Memphis is actually the team that's doing that now. You know, they made their comeback in game four when they were just going out and running. Like, that's how that's how they've been successful, like not slowing the game down. I think that's what they have to do. They have to be able to get stops and then on those stops to get the ball in Jaws' hands and go. Don't let the Lakers set their defense because once the Lakers are set and they're able to protect that rim, it's going to be harder to score. You know, and then Desmond Bain's been in rhythm, you know. And we, we joke a lot about Dylan Brooks, and there's a lot to joke about, but he's a professional NBA basketball player who – it's streaky. Like he said Very earlier, streaky. it's like, there's a game I, I might hit four games and change the game and people are laughing at it, but it's like, no, he's, he's capable of doing that. Like he is, he's capable of doing that. So before we move on to the next tweet, who do you got game six? I want to say Lakers because I feel like they should come out with the right mindset to start the game off. When, like you, you mentioned before them being complacent throughout the game, like they only seem to play hard when you're down by, when you're down by like 15 or 20, then they, they cut back in the lead. And end up being back down. It's like it's not the right way to play. You start off if you start off the right way, it makes it easier. Game three, they started off the right way, and they were not able to cruise, but essentially cruise to the end of the game. So I I have the Lakers winning that game. Yeah, I mean I picked the Grizzlies in six, uh, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the Lakers do win game six as well. I think it's one of those games though where the like Memphis goes up early, where it's oh, like God. oh Memphis is up seven at halftime. What's going on here? And then the Lakers kind of turn it on in the end, and and they pull it out, win by like four or five points, but. Yeah, I, I know it's going against my pick, but that's what my brain is telling me now at this point in the series because I do think they are in trouble if they lose game six. I, I I don't know. It's hard for me to picture Memphis going on the road and beating them right now. I'm not going to lie. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next tweet. It comes from at H Rockets Center, optimistic Rockets fan, which is interesting. Go Rockets, I guess. He says, Cleveland gone, Milwaukee gone. Sixers will have to face the winner of New York Knicks, Miami in the conference finals, beat Boston, and Philly has a very high possibility of going to the finals. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it works. <laughs> yeah, you're only one round away. <laughs> Look at them odds. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a, a, a jerk. Uh, <laughs> the, the winner of the Celtics Sixers series is going to be the favorite. It just is what it is. Do you think that the Sixers can beat the Celtics? Can? Yeah. Will? No. 
Okay. I, I, I just think they're a team. Like, for instance, as a Nick fan, there's a team. The team I didn't want to see was Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I, I just match up terribly for some reason. They have our number harder for just can't get over the hump with them for some reason. I feel that way when it comes to the Sixers and the Celtics. I just feel like Boston has their number. I think they match up well against them. Uh, and Bede, you know, he has his moments against Boston, but, you know, he seems to kind of struggle a little more against Boston. Harden, I don't really trust. If you told me Harden would have a good series, I'd believe you, but I'm not really banking on it. Yeah. It just seems like that matchup has always favored Boston, so I'm going to favor Boston going into this series. Now, if the Sixers won, would it surprise me? No, I, would, I wouldn't say it surprised me, but I don't see them beating the uh, Celtics. But to H. Rocket Center, his to his point, yeah. I mean, if they beat the Celtics, they have a very high possibility going to finals because they're playing the Knicks and the Heat, which are two teams that they were better than in the regular season, for sure. I don't know if the Sixers can beat the Celtics. I'm open to being very wrong because some people have said I'm a, I'm a Sixers hater or a Philadelphia hater. I don't know where that came from. I'm just <laughs> – North Philly, what up? Um, I just – I look at – just just uh, recapping, like, uh, the Sixers-Hawks matchup, and we we did kind of gloss over them because we expected the Celtics to beat the Hawks, but right. I we mentioned about how much – how much wing death, like, the, the, the Hawks have in terms of, like – wing players and guards and what whatnot. And you could tell through the course of the series when the Hawks finally found your stride, it, they were able to attack the Celtics in different areas. Right. Apart from Harden and Maxi, who are going to see Marcus Smart and Derek White in terms of like defensive matchups, where else is, where else are the Sixers going to get uh, offense like off the dribble? Yeah, like diversity in offense. Yeah, diversity in offense. Exactly. Like apart from that, where where are they going to get that from? Um, and then defense, uh, defensively wise, like PJ Tucker is probably going to see one of Tatum or Brown, and Tobias Harris is probably going to see the other one. I don't know if that's going to go well for, for the Sixers. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to go well for the Sixers too. And in, in Boston, what they do is they just want to shoot threes all day. So, like, you have to rotate. You have to be able to, to get out on shooters, which I think the Sixers can do. But you have to be able to stop the point of attack, right? Like, you can't have Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum getting into the paint. You can't have Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon getting into the paint and Marcus Smart getting into the paint. So, you know, that that's going to be really important because Joel Embiid, is, for as good as he is defensively, that's not the Celtics game. The Celtics aren't going to try to ram it down your throat at the rim. You know, sure. and I'm not saying it's going to make Embiid useless or irrelevant on the defensive end. He's a very good defensive player, but, you know, his strengths aren't going to be used in this series, you know, because the Celtics are going to be bombing away from three. And, you know, Jason Tatum, he has a mid-range. Jalen Brown has a mid-range. They can pull up. They don't have to get to the rim. They really don't have to. Actually, at at times, it it seems like Tatum prefers the the mid-range than going to the rim. True, Um, true, very true. So for me, I I think they're going to have a harder time guarding the Celtics than on the other end. What you were saying, yeah, like the diversity in, in, in scoring the basketball, and this is something I wanted to get into with the Knicks, but it's like, you know, you need a couple players who can break down a defense and, and create a shot for their own or create a shot for others. Or, you know, it's, it's kind of like, Tobias, you stay there. And then if you're open, shoot. PJ, stay in the corner and do absolutely nothing. They get Embiid on, on the elbow all the time and have him work from there. You know, but for the most part, it's like the Sixers can only really score the basketball in three-ish. Ish. Four ways, you know, pick and roll. The point, what, what, one point I'm going to make is... um. Uh, go just going back real quick to the to the Sixers Nets series. The one one of the biggest mistakes the Nets did was when they would double Joel and Bead, and Joel would kick it out, 
they would always over rotate to PJ Tucker. And right. I'll be screaming on my TV like he's not going to shoot it. <laughs> or he does or let him shoot. He does like he's not gonna shoot it. Or when he or when he does, he's been inconsistent the whole year. Like right. or let him shoot, like you said. So I think that's something uh the Celtics will probably like pay close attention to. Also, when you're talking about they want the Celtics want to bomb away from three, um, they're gonna end up depending on how they what matchups they put on the floor, they're gonna if they have Al Horford out there, he's going to be spaced out to the three point line. Right. So if that's gonna try to keep Joel out the out right. the paint on top of that. Yeah, so yeah. it's gonna be a tough series for the Sixers. And the biggest question mark we have is is Joel healthy? Right. Is Joel we healthy? Like we don't know if he's yeah. healthy. Like the best thing that happened was the Hawks series, the series against the Hawks lasting longer than everybody thought. So it gave him a little bit of more time. But we don't right. know if Joel's Joel's healthy to play. Girl, I'm falling for you like Joel and B falls on the floor of a basketball. Hey, yo. Yeah, girl. <laughs> That's how much I'm falling for you. Man, man does man does tumble work during the course of a game. I, he does. He does. I'm very crazy. impressed with whoever his gymnastic coach is. I need to have his or her number because Joel knows how to fall. That's one thing he knows how to do. He knows how to score the basketball, but he also knows how to fall correctly. It, ser- it, serves, a pr- it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose apparently to prevent injury. But after a while, I'm like, bro, you don't. You didn't need to fall on that one. He's always falling. He's like a newborn child. Dog, you didn't need to fall. He's a newborn trying to learn how to walk. It's... Uh, <laughs> And I hate it because I, going going uh, earlier earlier in the year when we did a show, we talked about why not the Sixers. One of one of my main points was like, uh, Joel always comes up with a weird freak injury. I don't right. want this. I don't want Joel injured in the playoffs. I just want him to have a run in the playoffs where he's healthy, so we can see what he can do. Like completely right. healthy, where you can see what he can do. Just so like, as as much as he he's uh, put in this year, possibly the MVP of the of the league. I want to see him be able to have a clean playoffs, and it feels like it never happens with him. It's sad because he's got hurt again, and you know I don't I don't even know how to predict the series. But I'll ask you right now: We have the Celtics Sixers. This is the first series we're talking about in the semifinals. Who are you taking, and how many? The logical me would take Boston and six. The Boston hater in me, Sixers and two, like. <laughs> <laughs> six is in one two it doesn't matter right. it doesn't matter it don't matter don't i'm matter. taking the celtics in seven i actually think the series goes seven, seven okay. a lot of it a lot of it has to do with the fact that i don't trust the celtics to be at their best every game i mean we just saw what the atlanta hawks almost just put the push in the seven they had trouble closing out games in the second half of the season to the point where a lot of people were like yo the celtics might be fugazi i actually said that on the podcast like hey i don't something wrong with the celtics so I do think they're the better team. I do think they win the series, but I think it takes seven. I think they have to go to Boston and win in game seven at home. All right, let's move on to the third and final tweet. It comes from sweep the leg 337. <laughs> and he says, Jimmy Butler is the best player in the NBA. Debate your mom. Now, I was actually going to call my mom and debate her. <laughs> like, we're laughing, but he... We're laughing, but if you're listening, he was being—he's being dead serious. He was actually going to call his. <laughs> I told Quab that listen, I got to tweet this as debate my mom, um, so I'm going to have to call my mom and debate her about Jimmy Butler being the best player in the NBA. But it is two o'clock in the morning, her time. Not going to fly with Addie. I don't yeah. want to scare her to death. I don't want her thinking someone died. And I'm also I'm on the phone like, listen, mom, Jimmy Butler's not the best player in the NBA. What are you thinking? What are you thinking, Addie? What are you thinking? You stop this. <laughs> stop this. Um, yeah, I don't know if Jimmy Butler is the best player in the NBA. Playoff Jimmy Buckets, though, that guy is different. 
<laughs> that guy might be the best player in the world that I've ever that, seen in my life. That I've ever seen. That's <laughs> that, there's a calendar out there that shows like throughout the course of a season, the season starts, and you see like it's like ah oh, man, the Heat are struggling. I don't know. I don't get why this team does this. Then it hits the All Star break. After All Star break, it's like yo, Jimmy Jimmy Butler's uh, could be an MVP candidate. Get him some help. <laughs> And then playoffs, <laughs> playoff start is like, yo, Michael Jordan is back. <laughs> and he's been here the whole time. I look, no, I don't think many people had the Bucks losing in this fashion. Yes, Giannis went down early on, but people still expected maybe the series to go longer. I did. To, yeah, even yeah. when Giannis coming back. To lose what? Well, 4 1? Embarrassing. Embarrassing and it, multiple games where the Bucks were up late in the game. The Bucks were up, were up late in the uh the last the last game, and Jimmy Butler was yelling at Drew Holiday, telling him that I own you, while the Heat were down. That's like for, to, to yell that at Drew Holiday is like <laughs> while your team while not, you were they were still down the Heat was still down and he looks yeah, at him he's like I own like, you. Yeah, that's not like yelling at Jeff Teagues in the Minnesota Timberwolves practice. You're you're yelling at probably the best defensive guard in the league. Exactly. I, I own you. I own you. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Play playoff Jimmy Butler is uh he might be the greatest player in the world. Um so he's not. <laughs> who's who's better? And, and who's, I will be debating I, I will debate Addy right here, right now. But she's better? too coward to pick up her phone because it's two o'clock in the morning in Florida and she don't want to debate me about Jimmy Butler. Coward. Coward mom. Cow. I'll call your mom a coward. That's wild. That's, You're right. That's, that's, that's I love wild. my mom. Uh, hold that's on. Wild. Disclaimer. I, I I really love my mom. I have a really yeah. great relationship with yes. my mom. Yes. Yes. Um, she's a great woman. I love Big I love her death. Big no, facts. seriously. I, I need people to know that. Big facts. She's a coward, though. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> so, listen, Steph Curry, Jokic, Embiid, like off the top of my head, those three right there. You're not better what than is, two what MVP. What has Jokic done in the playoffs that Jimmy Butler hasn't? Yeah, but like that's it's a team thing, Quab. I'm on, just, bro. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being a jackass right now. I, if, if you're gonna give me a choice between playoff Jimmy Butler and Jokic, like what we see, I, I'm still taking Jokic. It's Damn. just look, everybody, everybody's really, we're all um, hyped up on. It's a prisoner of the moment you, thing. Yeah, pr- I was gonna say that's a prisoner of the moment. To that, to that, to that phrase in a little bit because yeah. I got a bone to pick with NBA uh, with with some of these polls that I'm seeing. I think it's a prison moment thing. Listen, Jimmy Butler has been fantastic. He he was the best player in the first round, hands down. Period. If they gave out a first round MVP award, Jimmy Butler gets the MVP. I'm scared. I'm does trying to think. Close. To, does that yeah. continue? No, it's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. It's Jimmy Butler. Yes. It's not even yeah. close. Hands down. Does that continue? Maybe. I I don't know if it does. And we had we've seen Jimmy Butler have some fantastic games, but it's not like you know he's Michael Jordan. Every time he's in the playoffs, he wins a championship, or he hasn't. Actually, he's never won a championship. He's had some bad games too. Like it's it's not like he's been fantastic every single game. So I like Jimmy. I, he's been fantastic, but let's let's pump the brakes here. He's not better than Steph. He's not better than Jokic. He's not better than Embiid. He's not better than Tatum. I'm sorry. He's he's just he's not there. He he's top 15 player in the league. Sure. He's not those guys. He's not. Okay. All right, Quab. Uh we got some more takes to hit, but this is gonna be in the vein of pole dancing. You know you want it. It's time to go pole dancing. Get your mind out the gutter. We're talking about Twitter polls. My goodness. Yes, hit the music. It's time to hit the polls. I put up three polls on the Dime's Twitter account, the Dime NBA, and 
our followers and straight Twitter users have responded to these polls. Quab, are you ready to see the results that have disappointed me so much? <laughs> disappointed you so much. So, wow, let me... God, so disappointed in Twitter. Let's, you ready? Let's see. Yeah, let's see. Right, we'll that's get not the, to that's the first time I said that sentence, too. Here we go. Poll number one. Who you got? Knicks or Heat? They got the Heat at 59%. Let's go. Let's go. Heat culture, baby. Hey, hey, are wait, you real, kidding real, me? Real quick, yo. Shout out, shout out, Femi. Uh, Shout out to homie Femi. He uh he texted me early early in the morning to talk about we didn't we didn't give the heat too, yeah he, we didn't give the heat any we didn't we didn't talk about the heat because it's the last episode we didn't give the heat any props he's 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 a big heat fan for a while like so my bad our bad Femi our bad our bad we're gonna get on it right now um okay but Nick's heat Josh might be a little biased when it comes to this topic. I'm a I'm little biased when it comes to but he's also but that. he's also very objective he he called he called the first round perfectly he's been saying it he's been telling me for weeks and even months he's like yeah the Knicks can easily beat the Cavs no hesitation and we all saw it we all saw it happen uh I was let down by by my former Nets uh <laughs> Jared Allen talking about the light was too bright. Well, I don't, I don't know. Turn down the settings on your phone, brother. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> turn it down, brother. <laughs> the, the light was, bro. I don't have. Oh, God, <laughs> my boy sent me something. He was like, "Yeah, he just wants to go quit and build computers." I'm like, "Yo, we're not. We're not wow. gonna." Yeah, it's wild. But talking about Nick's Heat, yeah, a lot of people feel like the Heat. Looking at what the Heat did, like you said, prison of the moment, feel like the Heat can beat the Knicks. In the Knicks series against the Cavs, the one thing the Knicks did were like, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, you're not going to beat us. That third guy who you have on the wing, you're going to have to beat us. And it was, they were just selling out, and it was like Isaac Okoro. Uh, they tried it, the Cavs tried everything. Isaac Okoro, Danny Green, uh, Seti Osman, uh, Karis LeVerb, like you said before, probably play the best but it showed a team that was had a game plan stuck to your principles and ran the team off the court throughout the series it was it was very well executed by Tibbs well executed by the Knicks you do you think the Knicks can beat the Heat after you saw playoff Jimmy Butler going off against the Bucks? Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, first of all, the way that Heat shot the ball in the first round, the Heat were in the bottom three of field goal percentage, three-point percentage. Like, that's what they were. They were one of the worst shooting teams in the league. They were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. And then in the first round, they were the best shooting team in the league, and they are the best three-point shooting team in the league. That, my friends, is called an anomaly. That, <laughs> that, that's what that is. Now, they got they, hot. Go I was going to say real quick, real quick, sorry to cut you off. You're right. They were one of the worst shooting teams. All of a sudden became one of the best. I don't know what, I don't know what happened with Duncan Robinson. All of a sudden he, I guess he found his shot back and they pulled him, they pulled him from the gutter and he was, he was knocking down shots. Um, yeah, but go ahead, proceed. I'll, I'll make my point later. I just think, <laughs> listen, for me, the heat, they, listen, Jimmy can go off that. That's not, that's not what scares me. There's no one else on the heat that scares me. When I look at the role players compared and, 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 and and the diversity of shots, we're talking about diversity of shots, but the way, the different ways the Knicks can score the basketball as opposed to the way the different ways the Heat can score the basketball, the Heat don't scare me in the half court. They don't. Jimmy Butler can go off. I'm not saying he can't, and he probably will win them one game in Miami um, by himself. I'm not saying there, there isn't going to be a game where Jimmy goes off. Uh, but 
Josh Hart is a plus defender. Quentin Grimes, if he's healthy, is a plus defender. You got Mitchell Robinson at the rim. I understand that the Bucs play some pretty good defense too, and they have rim protectors themselves, but they don't have the perimeter defense. Uh, it's a different type. Of, I shouldn't say they don't have the perimeter defense because they have Drew Holiday, but it's a different type of perimeter defense where Quentin Grimes is bigger, um, as is Josh Hart. They have people you can bring off the bench. Emmanuel Quickly is no joke. I'm not saying he needs to be on matchup on Jimmy, but they're just deeper to me than than the Bucs are defensively. Also, they have different ways of scoring the basketball out. Jalen can go ISO. Julius, Julius can go ISO. They can run when Obi's out there. You know, Grimes can hit the three. Hart can hit the three. Quickly can hit the three. Quickly can run the offense. Pick and rolls with different players. They run pick and rolls with their guards. They're a harder team to guard than the Bucs. The Bucs, literally, all you have to do is like, all right, Chris Middleton's going ISO here. Let's try to stop Middleton. Um, force Grayson now and shoot the three. Giannis, let's build a wall. Like it's it's not even not not that the Bucks are easy to guard, but they're way less complicated than the Knicks. I think the Heat are gonna have a harder time guarding the Knicks than they did guarding the Bucks. And honestly, in most cases, they didn't even do a good job guarding the Bucks. The Bucks had complete control of game five. They're up by six, 16 or 18 points, I forget. And in game four, same thing. They had a double-digit lead. They blew two huge leads. So to me, what that tells me is that hey, the Bucs were in control for like 85, 90% of the game. They were the better team. The Heat just had this. Michael Jordan cloned for like a, a quarter and they pulled shit out of their ass. This heat team is not a good team. I'm sorry. They lost in Atlanta. They lost to Atlanta in the play-in there. This isn't this. The, the fact that people think that they're going to win four games against the Knicks blows my mind. It, it really does. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm picking the Knicks in six and that's me being generous because my head really thinks it's the Knicks in five. And if it's not going to be five, probably four, but I'm going to say six out of respect to Jimmy Butler and the fact that Julius Randle's hobbling right now. Okay. The Heat are the Knicks. They're not. And if Jimmy Butler doesn't go super sane, they're not winning more than one game. I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm going to ask you like some quick questions. I just want to yes or no about uh, who scares you on the Heat. So I'm going I'm to say a player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, um, still, so does Jimmy Butler scare you? Yes or no? Yeah. Does uh, Gabe Vincent, the Nigerian Steph Curry, does he scare you? No, but I think he's underrated. Uh, does uh, Kyle Lowry, the no. no, the the thickest point guard in the league, does he scare you? Nope. Okay. No. Bam. No. Uh, the the corpse of uh, Kevin Love, does he does he scare you? Like, not really. No. Okay. Okay. So you wouldn't be surprised if it goes. I'm not going to name some of the other players. So you wouldn't be surprised if it goes like, uh, if it's Nixon four, like you'd be like, yeah, sorry, coming. Mildly shocked. Mildly shocked. Yeah. You put up the look. Mildly shocked. Okay. Mildly surprised. Mildly surprised. I'm expecting, I'm expecting Nixon six. Not surprised if it's five. Honestly, not surprised if it's seven either, because like I said, Julius is hobbled. Oh yeah. Know? He is. Yeah. Julius is yeah. hobbled. Yes. Yeah. I'd be absolutely floored if it's heat and four. I'd be incredibly shocked if it's heat and five. Who has, who has home, court? Who has home court advantage? The Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks have home court? Yes. Oh, and honestly, yeah. they have double home court because if you go to Miami, 80% of the fans there are Knicks fans when they play the Knicks. It's not about it's not about the fans when you go to Miami. That's, what, that's, that's the point I was going to make. It's not about the right. You don't catch right. South Beach. You don't catch the South <laughs> Beach flu. <laughs> All right, Bob. Well, I, I want to hear what you're thinking um, because I'm biased, apparently, Femi. I, I say, man. Oh, hold on. On. You you shouted out Femi. Femi, I gotta give a shout out to Femi. And I, first, I gotta apologize to Femi and all Heat fans. They do deserve an apology because I was very dismissive of the fact that they could win the series to the point where we didn't even analyze the series, and Thanks. they they win the series. So shout out to the Heat. 
I deserve egg on my face. I understand that. My bad. Femi, bro, I love you to death. Text me or DM me. Choose one. I can't have the same conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm having the same com- like the same conversation, bro. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's, it's not two separate conversations. You know, sometimes you have two separate conversations. Like on yeah. Instagram, it's like, oh, it's a funny meme. We're having a conversation about the funny meme. But then like, you know, the, the text conversation. Like, yeah, remember that one girl, one like girl from high from from college? Like you're having two separate conversations. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you you be at work. You don't have access to the phone, so you gotta That's you right. gotta do it through I mean, social media. I mean, literally gave me the same text that he had in the, in the DM, and then my dumbass instead of responding like in just one of them, I responded to both. <laughs> so, yeah. I love Femi, bro. Shout I, love, Femi, I miss. Yeah. That's the brother. That's That's the bro, Femi, bro. Me and Femi had some crazy chemistry with the pick and roll. Love That's Femi. Femi's a, Femi's a beast, bro. I love him. Um, yeah, going back, to, let's just not well staying with the Heat Knicks. Um, logically, I would say the the Knicks should win this series, right? So, mm-hmm. just because Knicks have been the better team, just for a longer stretch, how well they have played before the playoffs, and how well Jalen Brunson has played throughout the course of the year. Uh, I I'm interested to see how Game One goes because one of the main reasons why why the Knicks easily beat the Cavs was how well Mitchell Robinson was playing defensively rebounding and he just uh the Cavs just didn't look tough the Cavs big he man. don't have the he don't have big men Bam out of is their biggest guy but sorry go ahead that's another thing but go ahead yeah that's exactly he is that's yeah. that's whether he's your biggest guy but he's a different big yeah he and he's skilled he's he's you're right you're right. He's, he's a different big. So I, I want to see what that looks like. I know the Knicks aren't really worried about the Cody Zeller minutes. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah, you're shaking right. I know you're you're shook. Yeah, Max Schrus, Max Schrus scares me a little bit. You didn't mention him. Uh, the, oh, he, yeah. The, if, the, if, if, the if he gets hot, Max if he gets hot, Duncan Robinson scares me a little bit. I mean, he's food on the on the defensive end. But if Duncan Robinson's giving you like three or four threes a game, and Schrus is doing the same. That changes the math a little bit. That changes the team a little bit. That's that's what concerns me about this. If if you're gonna say if you're gonna say, Josh, the Heat beat the Knicks in this series. What happened? I'm not gonna say, oh, Jimmy went crazy. I'll say, yeah, Jimmy had a great series. But I think Struess and, and Duncan Robinson both had good series from the three point line. That's I that's think, what I. Would. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of couple of players that you you worry about just like going off and rallying off like maybe like nine points here and yeah. there. Gabe Vincent can do that. Gabe Vincent can do that too. Um, yeah. The. The thing I'm struggling with, like, if the games are close, right, you're going to have basically the matchups between what was just, like, Jimmy Butler trying to be clutch or Jalen Brunson trying to be clutch. And both players have excelled. Uh, Jalen Brunson throughout the course of the year, uh, Jimmy Butler throughout the playoffs. So I think it's going to be – it should be a fun series. People that are comparing this to, like, the past – like Knicks, my stop, stop doing that. I hate that. I, I, I hated all those series. It would be like that. It would be like I did. I'm not, well, I'm not a Knicks fan. How dare be, you? How dare it would be the third quarter, scores 45 57, and there's been like five fights. Uh, be, you're in the crowd punching each other, and people like, Yes, this is real basketball. No, it's not. No, it's not. I hate, I hate all that. Who? Let's who. That's and cool. the Knicks take game one, 72 to 69. <laughs> 69. Allen Houston, the top scorer with 22 points. Like, let's, let's cut it out. Like, I'm not with 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Tim Hardaway, oh, Tim Hardaway with a strong uh, fifteen and five. Like, like, like step it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been betting against the Knicks, and it's been going well for you. So I'm gonna say the Heat win, just so. All right, so we're, we're gonna end We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> I so said it's, it's so been going well. If, if you want me to say, you want to say that you're if, doing if, this for me. Is that what you're saying? You're doing, I'm doing this for it me. For you. I'm doing it for right. you. And if I'm, I if I end up being, I trust and you. And if I end up being right, I'm just, I, I'm just like, oh look, I, right. I was right. Uh, nah, All right, I, I trust you. I think, I think it's, I think I'm gonna say logically, I'm gonna say uh, Knicks in. I want to say Knicks in six. Okay, that's what I have. Knicks in six. I'm saying Knicks and six to be safe because the Knicks, you know, no one's perfect. I, I think, I think the Heat. This, I honestly think both teams went on each other's home court. I actually do think the Heat get one of the first two games. I just got the the visual of like the last, not the last, one of the last Knicks Heat games during the course of the season was when uh, Julius Randle hit that tough three shot three pointer, right? And that game was close. Most well, of the it games was, they it played, wasn't close. Most of the games the Knicks were up by double digits. The Heat came oh, back. Okay. 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 Yeah. So. so just like the playoffs with the Heat, all right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next tweet. Uh, I mean, sorry. Let's move on to the next. I, I see the poll. Twitter tweet. Yeah. The next poll that is on Twitter, and it says, who you got, Suns or Nuggets? Now, this was – I thought this would be closer, but 69.7, basically 70% said the Suns over the Nuggets, which came in at 30%. That kind of surprised me because I think a lot of people were watching the Suns in their series against the Clippers, and a lot of people were kind of taken back like, oh, their depth is a problem. Oh, yeah. they're sticking Katie in the corner like he's P.J. Tucker, not passing the basketball in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. I'll be honest with you, Cobb. I am very torn with this one to the point where I don't even know if I'm comfortable making a pick right now. My The Dime listeners might have to follow the Twitter and Instagram pages for when the asset comes out. <laughs> cause... They, should, they should follow it anyway, first of all. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn, man, because... <sighs> I don't know how good the Nuggets are. I know it's silly. Are we, are we at the point? Are we at the point where we're we're severely still underrating the Nuggets? I think we might be there, but I was always someone who was on this podcast like everybody's over underrating the Nuggets. <laughs> Nobody's talking about the Nuggets. Why is no one talking about the Nuggets? I don't understand why nobody's talking about the Nuggets. Nuggets losing five. Like that's that was that's been like I, I was really hard on the Nuggets that one year when uh McCullum in game seven basically sent them home. I thought the Nuggets were going to the finals and that was crazy. we're gonna challenge the Warriors. Um yeah. but yeah, that that's how long I've been on the Nuggets for. This year I've kind of taken a step back because it's like all right, I don't I don't know if I can trust y'all. But I'll be honest with you, man, my heart's saying the Suns because I picked them to go to the finals before the playoffs started. But after watching the series against the Clippers and watching the Nuggets and the T-Wolves, I know they're two different types of teams and, and whatnot. I think I'm going to go Nuggets in seven. Okay. Uh, I don't like – it's hard for me to call. Like like you said, I might – I need to see. A lot of these – a lot of times we're trying to make an educated guess, and it doesn't it doesn't go according to plan because games have to be played. I think I would have had a better, better viewpoint of the Suns moving forward if – if they play the Clippers, if the Clippers were healthy. Yes, I agree. I don't even know if the Suns are going to need it out, though. That's the thing. Like, if you pull George and Kawhi Leonard, do the. That, but that's another thing, though. The Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George could win the West, if not the championship. So, like, that's not a thing to be ashamed of. Ashamed of. Yeah. 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 The go, going into it, going into it, like you said, going into it, we had what was the. It was like, okay, this might be a great matchup because it's Kawhi, Paul George, 
and Russell Westbrook versus Chris Paul, right. KD, Devin Booker. Then it became the Suns versus Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and Russ. And the games were all close. For a while, well, for a little bit. For a little bit. For the bit. most part, yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, because it never, to me watching them, it never felt like you knew the Suns were going to win, but it never felt like they killed them. If that makes yeah, I sense. Think, I, I know it does make sense. And I think a lot of people were expecting the Suns to kind of just like stomp all over them. Like yeah. I had the Suns in five and they won in five. Yeah. But I think when you don't have Kawhi, when you don't have Paul George, people are going to watch that game and be like, how come you're losing this game at halftime? Exactly. How come this is a game in the fourth quarter? This shouldn't be a game. You shouldn't be struggling like this. Now, at the end of the day, they still won the game. So it's like, and they've only lost once with only KD. Lost once. Only lost once. From the only regular season, once. only one. So it's it's like, how do you weigh that? I'm having a hard time weighing that. And the, the, the Nuggets have been the best team all year in the West. They have good chemistry. I don't know, man. I, the only thing I can think of is like, I don't know how they guard KD and Booker. Jamal Murray has to be special. Nobody, nobody, nobody can really guard KD um, yeah. when it comes oh, down man. to it. Like now, like, now I want to say the Suns in six. But then, okay, Seriously. then I'll, well, you say that, right? But then it was, you got the big man matchup of Aiden and Jokic. Joker. Who, who's who's favorite in that, in your opinion? Jokic. Jokic. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. And then it's like watching watching a, the the Nuggets series against the Timberwolves. There was even I think even the game they lost against the Wolves. There was like a, a certain point I was like watching Michael Porter Jr. just shoot and make some of the most ridiculous shots yeah. I've ever seen. I'm like, yo, what is what is this man's issue, bro? Like he was just long, yeah. and it was all so. And I'm I was looking forward to that. I was trying to look at him like, okay, that's gonna be. Who's 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 gonna end up guarding him? Cause are they gonna are the Suns gonna go with Tory Craig again? Yeah, it's not even just who guards him individually. It's like how do they rotate? How do they communicate? You know, with the with the Nuggets, we don't have to block the rim, but what you do have to be aware of is like action when Jokic has the ball, right? Because he's running handoffs, Gordon's going back door, they run they run a lot of high low stuff. So can you guard that? Which I think they can. I don't think they have anybody to kind of guard Murray in the pick and roll, really. Or isolation. They don't really do too much ISO. But I think Murray has the potential to have a huge series here just for the simple fact. I don't really think they have anybody who can really stay in front of him. And I don't really trust the Suns pick and roll defense to handle like a Murray Jokic pick and roll. I don't trust DeAndre Ayton on the outside when Jokic is up on the perimeter. I don't I don't know. Would you try putting KD on them, which would be kind of silly? I, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting, but I, I just think that the, the Nuggets kind of give you a little more matchup problems. Aaron Gordon's a good defender. Jokic is okay, I guess. But Jokic can I eight and all it is is just kind of guarding a pick and roll. So a lot of that is health defense, which I think Gordon's good at. I don't know, man. I, I it, I'm trying to figure it out in my head. I'm leaning towards Nuggets. Nuggets you're and seven. You leaning towards Nuggets. Yeah, yeah it feels yeah. I don't like if you said Nuggets and seven or you said Suns and seven, I yeah, I could understand it because I'm like Yeah. I'm as you're talking. I'm I'm going. I'm listening to you. I'm going over all the matchups. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this, that, but then this, but then I'm like, okay, I, I, I got to see it. Like yeah. I got to see it. Yeah, I got to see I how it looks. I have to see game one. If when yeah. I see game one, I'll be like, okay, this team's gonna win. A I'll lot of questions will be answered. A lot of questions yeah. will be answered after game one. Yeah. 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 
so are you are you comfortable making a pick or you want to hold off for a little bit? Tentatively, I'm saying Nuggets and seven, subject to change. Okay, so I'll say Suns and seven, subject to change. Okay. All right, so we move on to the final poll. Question number three, has your opinion on Giannis changed after losing the series? I'm very proud, very proud of this 90%. result. 90% said no, it's a team game. Only 9.5% said yes, can't be the best. Basically, he can't be the best player in the world because he lost the first round series to the Heat in which he played two and a half games out of the five. He played half the series. Half the series. Come, so, coming off injury. Here's my thing, man. I, I don't like the whole, well, you lost a series, therefore you suck, and like that, that knocks you down a peg. Well, if Giannis is really the best, if he, then he has to win this series. It's like, no, you take someone's body of work over a season or career, whatever you're comparing, and that's what you go by. You don't go by like a one, two, three, four game sample size. That's idiotic. That's not how data works. That's not how any conclusion works. Any logical conclusion works. You take a whole body of work. If you thought Giannis was the best player going into this series, you should still think Giannis is the best player going into the series. They lost. It's a team game. It happens. He got hurt. Like there, there's nothing that that you could have saw that had been like, oh wait, maybe, maybe he's not. I don't like. No, come on. It's Giannis. Like, and that's the thing. Like, the only way I think an opinion of another player can change is if, for instance, like if some if Jimmy Butler just continues his path for the whole playoffs and he went up winning the championship, then it's like, oh, he's like that. You know what I mean? But like players lose series not because of them, but because of like a team thing. It's I think it's just really silly when people like have these hierarchies and like based off whether or not your team wins in the playoffs, you move up or down. It's it's really silly. Like if if you're moving up and down in someone's head, there has to be some type of dramatic difference. Like the reason why LeBron's not the best player in the world anymore is because he's 38 and he he's dropped. He significantly dropped off. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, if Giannis was the best player in the world to you before the series, he still should be. I'm sorry. Like I, it's a team game. He was hurt for half the series. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's how I look. NBA it. Twitter does not care about that type of logic. They only care <laughs> <laughs> about what Yo, they saw. Back Twitter won a championship. When they beat the, <laughs> they, won the they won their championship, bro. What? The playoffs talk, are over. Talk about it. like, oh man, he can't, Mister can run and dunk. He's oh, right. no, like, like, I'll say from as a fan, from a personal perspective, I watched KD go from when he played in the Buck series when it was basically by himself and he was putting up like almost fifty point triple doubles and lost lost in that game seven with his toe on the line. Uh, go from they were talking about oh man he's he's the best player in the world even though he lost and he went i remember he he went to go play in the olympics right afterwards they were talking about oh man he's the great best player in the world to getting swept by the celtics and the discourse was like oh man he can't even how is he the best player in the world he got swept by he stinks i'm like well yeah people really care about the moment and the only reason i bring up i bring up kd in that buck series was that if KD was able to will the Nets to a victory in that series. Coach Bud would have been fired. Would have True. been fired because he was doing some of the dumbest things I've ever seen <laughs> during the course of the series. That man started out the series, the first game, and played a zone against a team that had all shooters. I, I, I was looking at my team like, what is he doing? What are you doing now? Fast forward to this series where I don't know, he had multiple timeouts 
to call. Oh my god! And he yeah. was like, "Nah, nah, man, I'm just watching the game like y'all. What's happening? <laughs> let me let me chill back and see what like what's going on." There was yeah. even 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 before even before the last game, the game before that. I forget who made the point. Was like when the Heat were, were making that run, because they were down. They were down double figures before uh, they made that run, and that was game game four. They made that run. Coach Bud could have called a timeout. Yeah, he they didn't call. call. Didn't call a timeout. There's this whole thing about coach. You're like, yeah, now nah, they'll figure it out. And yeah, they figured it out and lost. You know who also does that, and it kind of bothers me too. I'm like, they gotta be careful. Uh, the Celtics coach, Coach uh, Mazula, he also lets he also lets the team run. And I think he's gotten better during the playoffs. He did that during the during the uh, during the regular season. He would just be like, yeah. "I'll let I'll let them figure it out." Now, nah, man, call a timeout, run a play or something. Like there right. was point there was point five on the clock, and Coach Bud was like, "Nah, Jimmy Butler just had a tip in. We're we're going over." Like, dog, call a timeout. You have right. you have Giannis, you have Brooke Lopez. You can call a timeout and run a lob play, right? For two of the tallest players on the court, right? I think, like. What what are you doing? Yeah. What are no, you, I'm with what you. Are, yeah, what are you it's, doing? it's to the point where all my group chats were like, "This is a fireable offense." Like he has to go. What are you it's doing? No, it's crazy. No, it is crazy. crazy. It's cra- it I was, is crazy. I was it's going back. To, I was like, "Yo, what what has happened now?" Uh, yeah, far from that, like, point, like, yeah, to your point, like, coaches' decisions and there's there's so many things, so many variables outside of a player's hands that it's like, how could you take a loss and just completely blame it on that one player? I've I've said this I've said this before and I've had discussion with uh, other people where we're we're actually talking about LeBron and how they were they were discrediting they were discrediting how many times he's been in uh he's won in the playoffs and been in the finals. And the point I was making to them is like, dog, it's not easy to just make the finals. We've right. gotten to the point where like we got spoiled because it was always like the Warriors and Cavs. Dog, it's not a lot of a lot has to go right for you to win in the playoffs and for you to make the finals, not even win a championship, just to right. make the finals. A lot has to go right. We're talking about injuries, players playing the right way, coaches adjusting. That a right. lot has to go right for everything to fall in place. So with this series, the lot went wrong for the Bucks. Right. Giannis got hurt the first game. You like you don't know what's gonna happen. Like no, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody had the heat winning. Nobody had the heat winning that series. I don't people are like there were people that was like, oh, I'm not shocked by this. Nobody had the heat oh, winning the series. Right. Even Nobody when Giannis went out, I didn't, I didn't have the heat winning the series. You know, and, and to me, just to hit on your LeBron point, like it always just it, it blows my mind. We're like, well, LeBron's record in the finals. It's like, dude, this motherfucker was like 23 years old in an NBA finals against a dynasty Spurs team with Booby Gibson. As his like second best offensive best weapon, yeah. Like, like come the on. The fact that that team even got to the finals is a miracle. Like that should be praised. That shouldn't be something that goes against him. This dude, the first year with his return to the Cavs, Kevin Love gets hurt. Kyrie Irving gets hurt. Matthew Dellavedova was the second best player on the Cavs for the first half of that series. Timothy Mozkov was a starting center for that series. Like for you to but- expect LeBron James <laughs> to beat the Golden State Warriors, knowing what the Golden State Warriors are now. It's like it's asinine. It's it's taking it's taking all context out of a situation and just ragging on a guy because you don't like him. It's I I, I, can't, I can't have these conversations with people. That's why I stay away from like greatest of all time conversations because people want to bring up like finals Same. records and it's like, bro, like if Same. you want to take these 
if you don't talk finals records, let's let's take these things into context then. Because LeBron James was basically David versus Goliath against the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs for, for two of those years. Like, And then KD had to join the Warriors. Like, come on, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, I, I just think... No, I'm sorry. I was gonna say going back to your uh your the point you made about like Delhi being the Matthew Delvadova being the uh second best player in that series against uh against the Warriors. J.R. Smith recently said like Delhi almost died and people forgot about that because he was yeah. like, strapped to an IV playing against playing playing against the Warriors. Come on, what, man. Something was something that people also don't forget was I remember watching that series. There were people, there were writers that people were that were saying like Yo, could Delhi win the MVP? And I was like, Yo, right, yes. what are you? That was the thing. That was that the was thing. thing. Thank you. Yep. Somebody else remembers. Like, I th- that was the thing. They was like, Yo, can Delhi win the? MVP? I'm like, Bro, he's putting yep. up six. He's putting up like 16 points, and he's like, get, He's dying right now, trying to stress. Yeah, and media, me, all the media was talking about Delavadova. Like, it was LeBron, of course, but it, like the second thing was like, Man, Delavadova is having a hell of a series. Like, that's what it was. That's but what to, was to end this conversation here, uh, I'm happy that. The NBA Twitter voted in the polls the way they did for that question. That gives me some faith in humanity. Uh, before we go, Quab, the one series we haven't talked about, Kings-Warriors heading into game six in Golden State. Do you think the Warriors wrap it up? I had Warriors in six, right? I think I had yeah, Warriors in six. All right, congratulations. Yeah, I had yeah. Warriors in six. I, I, think, I think they do. I, I picked the Kings in seven because I thought the home team was going to win every single game. I don't think the Aaron Fox's finger had anything to do with the reason why the Kings lost, just for the record. I'm not using any other excuse. Game five was the first time in a really long time I saw the Warriors look like the Warriors. Yes. Haven't yes. seen that in a long time. Yes. Yeah. And that was the first time I watched the Warriors. I was like, oh. It looks scary, oh, right? Again, they can win the championship. Again, talk, <laughs> this, this is what this is what we were talking yeah. about during the course of the season. We Every time we're like, yo, the Warriors need to figure out how to win on the road. What is wrong with the Warriors? And they're like, well, maybe when the playoffs, they'll hit that switch. When the Warriors look like the Warriors, it's hard to bet against the Warriors. You know, you're right, man. Series. It's hard. And and the thing is, the games one and two, they didn't really flick that switch. It seemed like they were going to carry on their road, road road woes from, you know, the regular season. But something happened in game five. I don't know what it was, but that that switch was flipped. And now I'm like, oh, maybe they probably can win. Maybe they can win the championship. So I think the Warriors win game six. We'll break it down more next episode of the dime by the time we record again all the second round matchups will be in place so it will be a second round eastern conference western conference semifinals edition of the dime if you want to follow dime you can on twitter instagram tiktok and youtube at the dime nba i'm josh rodriguez at josh underscore rodriguez underscore quab is at quab akas rest in peace jerry rest in peace eat culture come on bro <laughs> Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event.
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.